You're listening to the PMO Strategies Podcast, where PMO leaders become impact drivers. This is episode 205. Well, hey there, Impact Driver. Welcome to the PMO Strategies Podcast. I am your host, Laura Bernard. In this episode, we are going to talk about a recent debate I had with my friend, Crystal Richards, at the University of Maryland Project Management Symposium. We had a debate-style discussion on principles versus process in project management. PMI has released its PIMBOX 7, which moved away from providing details on step-by-step processes and instead focuses on guiding principles that project managers can use to direct their energy for the projects that they're delivering without being so step-by-step prescriptive on what process to follow. Instead of the typical keynote, which I have done there at this event in the past, we thought it would be fun to do a debate-style conversation about a very controversial topic. Now, some might see this as a chicken and egg conversation, meaning which came first, the chicken or the egg, which is right, the process versus the principles, and I don't think so. To me, it's pretty clear which one comes first and which one should be the place that project managers and PMO leaders focus in order to get better business outcomes. So let's get ready to dive into this episode where I'm going to break down both sides of the debate and talk you through why I believe there's only one right answer in this conversation. Before we dive in, this episode is sponsored by my brand new free training, The PMO Advantage. In today's fast-paced, results-driven world, it's not enough to define your PMO's success by on time, on scope, on budget, or how many templates or steps in your process, or number of project managers, even number of project managers certified. You need to be great at making an impact. The truth is, if it's not clear how you're maximizing your company's return on investment, your role might be incorrectly labeled administrative overhead and your business leaders will start working around you to get projects done. In this free training, you're going to discover how to drive measurable business value quickly so that there's no denying the clear-cut advantage you bring to the team. You're going to walk away with a whole new way to think about your role as a PMO or transformation or strategy delivery leader And you're probably going to be surprised on some of the places that I am going to show you to provide value that you might not even be focused on right now. By the end of this free training, you will know what it will take to be that strategic business asset your business leaders need to lead your organization into the future and earn your seat at the table for good. Just go to pmostrategies.com forward slash advantage. That's pmostrategies.com forward slash advantage. I cannot wait to see you there. Okay, let's dive in. So when I recently went to the University of Maryland for their project management symposium, it wasn't the first time that I was at this lovely location. You see, I've keynoted their project management symposium event before and recently retired John Cable, who was the head of the project management center of excellence for University of Maryland, is a very dear friend of mine. 
And years ago, when we held our very first Project Management Day of Service, which is a part of the nonprofit Project Management for Change that I co-founded years ago, he saw the magic and the impact of what we were doing, bringing together project managers and nonprofit leaders from all over the D.C. area to scope and plan the most critical, most pressing projects for these nonprofits. He was there as a sponsor that first year and fell in love with what we were doing and how we were doing it and the impact, the direct impact we were having. And from that point forward, John said, we are going to host the Project Management Day of Service events in the D.C. area from now on. And they have. And so I've spent many years at the University of Maryland planning and participating in the Project Management Day of Service events. But I just wanted to shout out to the University of Maryland and the Project Management Center of Excellence. They do a fantastic job with their conference every year, specifically for project management. Now, they also host that Project Management Day of Service, and we've decided that we are doing the event in person again post-COVID chaos. We are doing the event in person in February of 2024. Please feel free to join us. I'll see you there. Just go to pmforchange.org and you can register to get involved now in the planning process and stay tuned on their newsletter for how you can be a part of the next Project Management Day of Service or even learn how to set one up in your own neck of the woods. So for this event this year, we decided instead of the typical keynote, which I had done before and Crystal Richards, my friend that was on the other side of the debate here, had already keynoted in the past. So we wanted to do something a little bit different. And what we decided to do was this debate, a debate style on a topic that is getting a lot of attention in some project management circles. And that is all based on this notion of principles versus process. What I mean is, if you look at the PMI PMBOK 7th edition, they moved away from all that detailed step-by-step process and instead focused more on guiding principles and outcomes. And this gives a lot of project managers more freedom and flexibility in how to think about and plan and manage and deliver projects without feeling like they have to be so prescriptive in their process. Now, I'm going to talk you through my side of that debate, and I'll share a few things that Crystal covered, but I won't be able to do it justice. And I'd love to know what you think. Should we have a process-first approach or principles-first approach when we are planning and delivering our projects? Now, in episode 32 of this podcast, you can get to it going to pmostrategies.com forward slash 032. My dear friend, Jesse Fuel, who was a part of the development team for Pinbox 7, talked to me about that version of the Pinbox and what changed, where they moved, why they moved in that direction. And that will be very insightful for you if you are curious about why and how they moved from the step-by-step process to focusing more on guiding principles. So definitely go there if you want to dive in more into the whys and the hows and what to expect with Pinbox 7 in case you haven't already jumped into that content. But this episode is really going to be more about the principles here, the principles of principles versus process. And the reason we thought this was so important to do And after the debate was over, I really, really had a new perspective on just how critical this conversation was. 
reason we decided to do this is because there really are two sides of the coin for people. And it's interesting what I observed in who resonated with what parts of the conversation as we went through this very energetic and lively debate. Now, my friend Kendall Lott, who runs the podcast PM Point of View, is going to be releasing an episode of that debate, the actual recording of our debate. And when that is available, I will make sure to link to it in the show notes for this episode. So if you go to pmostrategies.com forward slash 205, you will be able to get to the show notes for this episode, and I will link to the full debate once that's available. Okay, so let's talk about the two sides of this coin and why I believe there really only is one right answer. Sorry, Crystal, love you dearly. But I mean, you know, you did a great job trying to be the devil's advocate and the other side of the coin and all this. But what we both really found out was it's kind of sort of somewhere in the middle. But I'm going to share with you my perspective and why I was so hardlined on certain points of this debate. And if you've listened to this podcast, you can probably guess if I was on the process versus the principal side. I was 1000% on the principal side. And so my side of the debate was saying, okay, it's better for project managers to have guiding principles as opposed to a prescriptive process. And those guiding principles need to help the project manager and team focus on being outcomes driven versus perfecting outputs. So I'll talk you through some of the reasons why I think this difference is so important, some of the conflicting or alternate perspectives on this, and then I definitely want to hear what you have to say. So wherever you found this episode, make sure that you leave a comment on LinkedIn, Facebook, uh, Twitter, Instagram, wherever you found this episode, YouTube, and let me know what you think, okay? And before we do any of that, I first want you to imagine you were taking a trip. That trip might look very different if you're going down the street versus going across the country. In fact, if you're in the United States, as an example, any time of year, you're going to need entirely different clothing and other things that you're going to pack and take with you based on where you're going. All right, let's say you're taking your customer, aka your significant other, your children, your friends, on a road trip. Now, let's say you are the planner of the family, which is probably pretty likely, right? And you have a very specific process you follow step by step by step to pack. Okay, so you have a very step by step process for packing, and you follow that process to a T. You pack all the things you need for that trip, but that trip that you planned was actually down the street to go see the sites. Let's say you live in the DC area and you want to go down and see some museums. Great. It's the middle of winter. You have packed winter coats. You have packed all kinds of accessories to make sure that you stay warm in the middle of winter. And in the meantime, your family, aka your stakeholders, or some might think customers, are expecting a trip to Disney. So here you are, all packed, in the car, ready to go, and you followed your step-by-step process for getting down the street. 
and your stakeholders are not happy because they are wondering where all the flip-flops and t-shirts and shorts are because they thought they were headed down to Disney in Florida, let's say, because there are two Disneys. Okay, so you're all in the car ready to go. An hour later, you're there. Your process was followed perfectly, but your process got you to the wrong destination. Maybe it was perfect in your eyes, but your stakeholders are not too happy. And now you are experiencing all kinds of side effects because you solved the wrong problem. But your process was perfect. What it didn't consider is, are we achieving the business outcomes intended, aka happy family on a vacation together, or are we going to declare success because we followed the step-by-step process? The process got us somewhere, but it wasn't the place we really wanted to go. Let's make it even simpler. Let's say that you are all set and everyone's excited about going to Disney. However, you have decided that the process you're going to follow to get there requires going by car when everybody else in the family is not up for that long drive from, let's say, Maine to Florida. And so you're all set following a process that's going to get you there in, let's say, with kids, hmm, I don't know, that could take two, three, four days of travel versus getting on a flight and being there in a few hours. The process for getting there to keep your customers happy is a much shorter timeline than if you followed the process for getting there by car. You see where I'm going with this? If you are following a process-first approach as opposed to focusing on the business outcomes you're trying to drive, you could end up with a very cranky, unhappy, and dissatisfied customer base that you're stuck in the car with most of the trip. Let's say it takes you three days to get there and three days to get back, and you only had seven. Well, your stakeholders are going to be pretty upset that you spent six of those days in the car and only one day actually enjoying the experience that is Disney. Now, if you flew and followed a totally different process of travel, you got to better outcomes, faster, much greater satisfaction from your customers, and it was probably the right process to follow to achieve a successful family vacation. So when we focus on there's one process, this is the process we're going to follow, and this is how we're going to do it without being super clear on the outcomes we're trying to drive, aka customer slash family satisfaction, and a lot less crankies in the car for six days, we can end up with a failed project that did not meet the business goals, even if we followed our process perfectly. So success wasn't just getting to the destination and back. Success was getting there in a way that maximized the return for your investment, achieved greater customer satisfaction, and created that great family experience that you were searching for in the first place. So my take, obviously, on this debate was that you absolutely must know what success looks like and why you're doing what you're doing before you start going there. And your process to get there is going to look very different depending on why you're going, wherever you're going, and where you're actually going to go. You must clearly define success first. And if you listen to my other podcasts, you've heard me say this so many times in so many different ways, outcomes over outputs. 
It's the second step in our impact driver framework, measure outcomes. And when you do so, you're having a much better conversation with everybody involved up front so that you can drive those better business results. If you're going to Disney and let's say you live in the Northeast and it's the middle of winter and you plan for going down the street versus following a process that actually gets you to Disney, you're going to pack a lot more layers than you're going to need when you get to that warmer weather in Florida. Because I'll tell you, down here, it's beautiful in the winter. But because I've been living in Florida for several years, I would actually pack long sleeves, a jacket, jeans, if I was going to Disney in Orlando in the winter. Because for me, my whole requirements are different because I'm not from the Northeast. And so for me, it's actually going to be cold. So you really have to know your customer. And if you have a process first approach and you assume that everybody is the same and that everybody has the same perspective, the same view and the same description of success, you could be wrong. My process for going to Orlando in the middle of winter is going to have me packing a lot different stuff than it would for somebody coming down from Maine in the middle of winter. Their definition of cold and my definition of cold are very different. You see what I'm getting at? Their definition of success and my definition of success are very different. And the process of getting there is going to be different. But the questions we need to ask about outcomes and getting to those business results are what should guide us. And that's the principles first approach. Let the outcomes we're trying to drive be the focus of the conversation as opposed to the process that we're going to follow. We will get to better business results. Organizations do this all the time. They have the wrong conversations or they don't have the conversations at all to make sure that they're going to the right place and they've packed everything they need for that trip. So how are you going to avoid having these kinds of mistakes happen in your organization? Because I can tell you, I'm seeing them happen all the time. Customer expectations are out of alignment. Business leader expectations are out of alignment. Business leaders might not even be having the conversations with you about where you're going or why. And for many of you, I hear you complain about it. When I talk to PMO leaders and project managers and I say, you need to have good conversations with your business leaders about why you're doing what you're doing so that you can align projects to strategy, so that you can make sure that all of your services for your PMO align with the strategic goals and getting those big business results. Do you know what many of you say? What strategy? What strategy am I supposed to align with? My business leaders won't give me the time of day. My business leaders don't even have a strategy. That's what I hear a lot of you say when I talk about how important that alignment is. But here's my response to that. If your organization does not have a clear strategy, it might be that they have a strategy, but you haven't asked the right questions, and therefore you don't know what it is. And many of your stakeholders and business leaders may not realize how important it is to give you that strategy and help you understand. And so they just tell you to do tasks and do projects and do work without giving you the context that will help ensure that those projects are successful. They are positioning you to follow process as opposed to using principles and outcomes-focused conversations to drive a better result for those projects. So my question for you is, are you an order taker or an impact driver? Since you're listening to this podcast, I'm pretty sure you don't want to be an order taker. You want to be an impact driver. So my advice is you need to ask questions. You need to ask better questions. You must ask questions and understand the reason that you're doing what you're doing. 
so you can be sure that you're going to the right places and you've packed everything you need properly for the right trip that's going to ensure success on the other side. You can't rely on a process-first mentality and a process-first approach because you could be packing for the wrong trip. And I believe that if you put people, smart people, together in a room and you tell them why they're doing what they're doing and what they need to do and what success looks like, they will figure out how to get there. And they don't need a certification amongst them. In fact, they don't even need the project management body of knowledge. They don't need any certification. They don't need any process. What they will do is figure it out. And what can you do to ensure that they're successful? You can help people ask better questions. You can help them ask questions about what success looks like. You can help them ask questions about why they're doing what they're doing. Why are they doing it? Where are they going? Because smart people will not just rely on what they know. They will ask better questions to get the answers that they need so that they can drive better success. And you can help them do that. Smart people got smart by asking good questions. And so it's incumbent upon you to position the people that you're working with to ask better questions and get the answers that they need so that everyone is clear on success. And then, and only then, can they follow the right process that helps them get to the right solution to the business problem. Because it's not a project problem you're trying to solve. It's a business problem. And when you do it this way, you're helping your business leaders, aka your customers, aka your family, solve the business problems. And when you think of it that way, you're changing how you are seeing the organization and how your organization is driving better change, getting better results, and really moving away from an outputs and deliverables focused mindset that process drives instead to a more business outcomes driven focus. You'll just get better results. Now, here's the danger when we emphasize a process first approach. What happens is project managers are being measured. You may not realize it, but many project managers are being measured and defined by their certifications, which means they're being defined by how perfect they make their outputs. You see, when we hire project managers because they have a certification, what you're telling that person being hired is that that is what makes them valuable. If you're hired because of a certification, you're being told your value is that certification. Therefore, if your value is tied to that certification, you're going to do everything you can to show how much you know about that certification and what you have learned and applying as much of what you learned to every project possible. You're going to do everything you can to perfect that knowledge and apply it perfectly. So here's the problem with that. Your definition of perfect application is often confused with complete and total use of every single thing you learned in that book. So that means that there are countless projects happening out there where the project managers are putting so much emphasis on perfecting the outputs that they're creating instead of perfecting the business outcomes they are driving. So we're creating a world where project managers believe that their value is in creating perfect outputs instead of driving better business outcomes. And that creates a huge divide between project managers and business leaders because project managers are focusing on on time, on scope, on budget, and PMO leaders are focused on on time, on scope, on budget, and how well people comply with that process to get that perfect on time, on scope, on budget. Instead, 
of project leaders focusing on driving better business outcomes and asking better questions and understanding what success looks like in the eyes of the business leaders, not just the project leaders. And PMO leaders aren't even going to metrics that the business leaders care about because they're so busy trying to push compliance and perfection of process. Business leaders care about getting to the business results, achieving that business success, achieving customer success. That's how they're measured. The sales department is not measured on how well they follow a sales process. The sales department is measured on whether or not they're driving revenue and new customers, not if everybody filled out a template correctly or not if everybody followed the checklist of a process. Think about it. I can tell you that I know tons of sales departments that wouldn't care at all if the process was followed, if the people doing it were getting outstanding results. And most of those people doing it are going to tell you, if I follow this process step by step every time, I'm not going to get as good of results. Why? Because they need the flexibility to do things that make sense in the moment. Not every customer they're interacting with is going to follow the process perfectly. But if they get to the results and they close the deal, they get the sale, that's what their business leaders are going to care about. That's what the C-suite is going to care about. Do you know what the sales department has? Business goals and metrics for achieving those business goals. That's what they focus on. That's what's in their business plan. So why would you not have something similar as a PMO? Why would you not have business goals and then a flexible process that allows you the opportunity to achieve those business goals. And you might think that the sales department is not a relevant example, but I think it's one of the best ones because it's clear how that department is driving results. That department is responsible for driving revenue. Well, guess what? The reason you're doing the projects you're doing is to achieve some business goal, whether it is driving revenue, increasing efficiencies, saving money, getting projects completed faster, whatever the reasons are, every one of those reasons has a business goal. I have a ton of projects going on right now. Actually, hopefully by the time this episode comes out, we're only focused on one big project that I'm going to tell you about next week. I cannot wait. But we had a lot of projects on our plate. And I noticed that I had to do the very same thing with my team that I have been teaching others to do forever. You see, we had a ton of projects going on, but I actually had to hire a PMO leader and a portfolio manager to help ensure that all of my projects were prioritized, aligned with our strategic goals, and being properly resourced and allocated. We had to stagger the projects out, the whole thing, all the stuff. And I needed someone to help force me through the process of getting very clear on why we were doing what we were doing so that my team could follow that guidance to get to those results. And I got to tell you, our process to deliver those projects is very different from project to project, not in a chaotic kind of way, but in a this project needs this kind of process to achieve the result and this project needs this kind of process to achieve a result. For example, some of the materials that we're creating and the website that we're updating needed to be more iterative and a more agile implementation approach because what we were creating needed a lot of back and forth for me and other members of the team. Whereas some other things we were creating, like our certification exam that is a part of the Impact Engine system, only needed to be gone through in more of a waterfall approach. 
first. We were defining all the requirements and then we were building out the exam questions. And then once we finished that, we moved into building out the exam and then testing it and then rolling it out. That was a very waterfall approach. But the website changes, we iterated and we needed to keep iterating. They would make changes to it and get it all there and everyone had to see what it looked like. And then we made some changes. So those processes were more efficiently done and got to better results faster, but they follow very different process. So this applies in every organization. If it applies in my organization, it applies in every organization. And not just because I know better, but because that's the nature of smartly getting to business results. Define success and then use guiding principles, or as I like to call them, guardrails or guide rails to help you stay within the bounds of focusing on getting those results, but being nimble and flexible and adaptive on your process so that you achieve the right results. Now, here's where Crystal and I kind of got back in sync during our debate, and I can't wait for you all to hear it. So I will definitely make sure that I link in the show notes to that episode when it's available on my friend Kendall Lott's podcast, PM Point of View, which is great. And this may not surprise you a ton, which is it's kind of the chicken and the egg. It's a little bit of both, meaning you probably need a good process for defining the business case so that you know what the rest of the process is you should follow. But the process of delivering on the project might look very different based on what that business case tells you. So yeah, you need a good process to be sure that you get to a good business case so that you then know which process to follow to get to those results. But there's a difference between being dogmatic, always follow the same process, process first approach, and going through the checklist of things before you've ever really figured out where you're trying to go. Make sure you're packing for the right trip. Make sure you know what success on that trip looks like because you will have a very different process for getting there. And this doesn't matter if you're newer to the role, if you've been in the role a long time. And I want to talk about that for a minute because that became a sticking point in this debate. It seemed that a lot of the folks that were earlier in their career just wanted to be told what to do. They just wanted to be told the steps in the process and didn't feel like they were senior enough to be able to have those guardrails or those guiding principles to get to the results, the freedom to figure it out. And I think that is very short-sighted. I think that you don't have to be a certain age or have a certain number of years of experience to ask good questions. In fact, my 15-year-old asks a lot of questions all the time. And I'm sure you know some people in your life that don't have any experience in project management that ask a lot of good questions at any age. And so my point is, you don't have to be a certain age to be able to get freedom to figure things out. You don't have to have a certain number of years of experience before you are smart enough to figure out the right way to do things. In fact, I think we break people's desire and inclination to figure it out when we force a structure and a process around them. Sure, it can be easier to check a list of boxes and create a bunch of deliverables and just perfect the outputs, but that's not going to get you to the good business results. And in fact, it's not going to get those people doing that work the seat at the table they ultimately want. So I believe that no matter where you are in the organization, no matter how much experience you have, if you put smart people in a room together, they will figure it out. And what they don't know, they will go find out 
because they will ask better questions. When you force so much structure around people and you force a process, you stifle better conversations and better questions being asked. We want to give people the freedom to ask the questions they need to ask and just give them the guardrails so they stay on the track. As long as they stay on the track and they get the results, isn't it better to give them creative ways, ideas, flexibility to figure out how they should best get there so that the place they go is actually where the customer wanted to go in the first place? So that you have your t-shirts, shorts, and flip-flops, and you got there the same day instead of three days into your seven-day vacation. All of this matters. And so asking better questions up front and allowing your people to have a flexible, nimble, adaptive approach to solving problems and to getting to those business results will get you to those better outcomes every time. And that's where you come in as a PMO leader is that you have to help create an environment where this can happen. You have to give them the guardrails, not the constrictive over-processed process that just drives people to go through the motions. Give them the freedom to think. Give them the freedom to problem solve. Give them the guardrails so they know that they are safe and they know they are going in the right direction, but the flexibility to find creative ways to get there that you hadn't even considered. Motivating people on getting to those better results will get you better outcomes than stifling people's ability to think and create. So what can you do in your organization to give people guardrails, give them principles, guiding principles to help ensure that they get to the best business results and that they're asking better questions and that they're not punished but rewarded for thinking creatively, asking good questions, and solving problems instead of giving them an environment where all they're doing is checking boxes and you and your team are busy providing compliance instead of support. Just consider that when you think about what approach might work best for you to get better business results in your organization. That's it for this episode. I'd love to know what you think. I'd love to know if you're more inclined to the process-first approach or the principles-first approach. And I definitely want to hear what you have to say once you have listened to my fun debate with Crystal Richards at the recent University of Maryland Project Management Symposium. I'll have that link in the show notes as soon as the episode is live. All right. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. I hope it made you think differently. And I hope it inspired you to plan a summer vacation. Before we go, don't forget that this episode is sponsored by my brand new free training, The PMO Advantage. In today's fast-paced results-driven world, it's not enough to define your PMO success by on time, on scope, on budget, or how many templates or steps in your process, or number of project managers, even number of project managers certified. You need to be great at making an impact. The truth is, if it's not clear how you're maximizing your company's return on investment, your role might be incorrectly labeled administrative overhead and your business leaders will start working around you to get projects done. In this free training, you're going to discover how to drive measurable business value quickly so that there's no denying the clear-cut advantage you bring to the team. You're gonna walk away with a whole new way to think about your role as a PMO or transformation or strategy delivery leader. And you're probably going to be surprised on some of the places that I am going to show you to provide value 
that you might not even be focused on right now. By the end of this free training, you will know what it will take to be that strategic business asset your business leaders need to lead your organization into the future and earn your seat at the table for good. Just go to pmostrategies.com forward slash advantage. That's pmostrategies.com forward slash advantage. I cannot wait to see you there. All right, my friend, if you love what you're hearing in these episodes, please make sure you leave a five-star rating and a review so that others can find this episode and the podcast to help support them on their high-impact journey. Next week, we're going to dive into something I touched on here a little bit, being an order taker or an impact driver. I can't wait to dive into it more with you next week. Bye-bye for now.